We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. It is Wednesday night, the 12th of October, 2022, 6 o'clock on the Dot Mountain Time. How about that? Right on time. And uh, that means it's time for an episode of Mile High Insiders. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as almost always on these shows, whether Luke's busy or I'm busy, you know, not not always, always, but most of the time, your normal show, Luke Patterson. Luke, how you doing, buddy? It's good to see you. What's up, man? Uh, yeah, good to see you. Good to be here on MHI. We need to let some things out tonight, Broncos country. I know we're frustrated. I know things are not going as we thought they would. And uh, look, there's a lot of a lot of airing of grievances that we got to do tonight. And we're going to call some players out, which players need to perform, period, and, and to get this thing turned around. So I'm here for it, man. Um, this is what I get, man, for being opti- optimistic about the Broncos waking up on the right side of the wrong side of the bed last week saying they're going to do great. Changing my pick. What an atrocity. That Thursday night football game. The good news, Nick. We're just days away from Monday night football. So hopefully they can right a lot of wrongs fairly quickly. Yeah. Unfortunately for the Broncos talking about that, you know, it's essentially the mini bye week, right? But it's even plus one because it's Thursday night to Monday night. So that's almost as long as you're going to get for the actual uh, bye week coming up here. So luckily the Broncos have a chance to lick some of their wounds and figure some things out. And who's helping us figure things out today? Ross Hester coming in $5 super opening the floodgate saying charger Thanks, fan Ross. here. Oh, thank you so much, Ross. Uh, Charger fan. That's uh, I won't disparage you at all. Um, rare. So you guys. Yeah, rare. Um, thanks for calling yourself out on that one. Uh, hoping for a good game. You always guys seem to have our number at least once a year. Easily the AFC rival I dislike the least. Well, Interesting. I think a lot of that is probably because of how poor the Broncos have been. So, you know, not perceived as a threat and not a lot of backed up crap talking from the fan base right now uh the chiefs fans i mean god pretty annoying with that one and then of course everybody hates the raiders uh so that's we appreciate you too ross i man i you guys are making me look a little bit bad though i was hyping the chargers this year and now it's a battle of not who can win the most games but who can have the least injuries uh between the broncos and the chargers 
Yeah, Ross, <clears throat> excuse me. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. It's cool to get the perspective from other fan bases, especially with, uh, you know, looking at the Broncos so internally as we do. One thing I will say about Chargers fans, man, is they're dedicated and they're loyal. It's been a long time that the Chargers, I don't even know what you guys call each other. I mean, is it like Bolt Nation or I don't know what it is. Ross, you're going to have to let us know. But it's interesting to hear that that the Broncos are kind of the the heated rival for the Chargers, at least for Ross right now. And you go back to Phillip Rivers for me and just his trash talk and him saying he loved playing in Denver. It was his favorite place to play. So I think Ross harvesting or channeling rather his inner Phillip Rivers and probably doesn't have as many kids, but we appreciate you, Ross. Thanks so much, buddy. Yeah. And Ross said he dislikes the Broncos the least of them so oh, the least the least okay the least okay well they're not a threat right now right yeah. so i mean we're gonna figure it out but no look the chargers i get that they're taking some some arrows if you will their head coach uh for decisions and yeah. keenan allen popping off look they're dangerous teams in this division are dangerous i know the broncos have talent i know they're a little bit of a laughing stock but the chargers are no joke just because they haven't been dominant like we thought they would be doesn't mean that they're not uh, a wounded animal ready to strike. Yeah, uh, both teams, uh, really. And we got Cristiano Rodin coming in here with the $5. I don't know what currency the R is in front of this here, um, but he says, evening, guys, positivity kicking in in uh, today. Great, that's good to hear. think Justin Simmons and Michael Ojemudi return is the reinforcement, is enough reinforcements to beat the Chargers, plus offense finally clicks if the offensive line improves. Yeah, it's pretty wild to see some of the offensive line advanced metrics here the broncos their run uh, blocking win rate on espn is really good i saw cushionberry and lloyd or, and uh, dalton reisner's actual pff grades are pretty good for this last game not meeting the eye test for me i don't know if it's because they're not grading the non-one-on-ones and they're protecting those guys or uh the run games going on there i know that the broncos are bottom 10 in stuff rate this season they're the second worst epa per rush offense this season so really just some un data that is really conflicting here, but hopefully it does uh, finally click and the offense can heck, can we score more than 20 points? Like let's, let's set the bar just baby steps here. More than 20 points. We'll see. Yeah. Cristiano coming at us from Brazil. We really appreciate mm. your support. Thank you so much. Scott hopping in our ear here saying that's uh that's from real Brazil that are that kind of representation, hopefully. So we appreciate that Broncos country all over the globe. Justin Simmons coming back. Appreciate you bringing that up. Cristiano. Uh, he's a captain team captain. He's the shining light. He's a lot of money committed on that defensive side of the ball. Can Justin Simmons come in and make an immediate difference? That's going to be hard. And if you look at things as a Chargers offensive coach or quarterback like Justin Herbert, I'd want to pick on him a little bit, if I'm going to be honest. Let's see if there's any rust uh, in your first game back. And Justin's a consummate professional. I'm sure he'll come in in shape. But it's one thing to take live bullets, Nick. It's something we always talk about. I'm hoping the best for 31, but um, don't be surprised to see Justin Herbert take a shot. Yeah, no doubt. And Justin Simmons will be back. The real question for me is, are you going to take Caden Stearns off the field with how he played? I right. going to work more three safety uh, sets on the field now because you lost Ronald Darby, although that's really more of the nickel kind of slot position. So I'm really curious to see the Broncos adjustments uh, going forward with the injury to Ronald Darby and these guys coming back. I mean, is the future now? Are we going to see Caden Stearns displace Kareem Jackson some, or do you want Kareem on the backside? 
will be interesting to see. We got Dylan Von Arks in the house saying, make sure you guys share and subscribe and hit the like button on the way in. Good to see you, Dylan. We also got Diamond Rattler probably in the middle of working. I'm going to call it today leg day for Diamond Rattler. Um, he says, boom, let's go. Good to see you. Jay Valentine in the house too saying uh, his prediction for the Broncos offensive line in this game. He says, uh, Anderson, Turner, Cushenberry, Miners, Fleming. He says, I doubt they'll bench Reisner or Cush though. I don't think you're going to see Reisner or Cush benched uh, this week. If the Broncos offensive line, to my eyeballs at least, uh, continues continues to struggle to get push and execute the uh, wide zone uh, blocking scheme. Then maybe you could see uh, shake up specifically the bye week. Uh, but this week, I think it's more implementing whoever's going to be the new left tackle. I've heard there's a chance that Fleming could be the guy, not Calvin Anderson. They're moving over with uh, Turner at right tackle and Miners back with Reisner mm-hmm. and Kush still on the line. But uh, we'll see. Okay. Yeah, hearing rumblings, and we've talked about it since last summer, uh, this this Butch Berry and this offensive line, they're taking some time to get used to each other. That's for sure. Uh, you wonder how long it's going to take, right? That's the big question. Well, how long is enough for Russell Wilson and this coaching staff to get together? Get it together. Let's slow down just a bit, and let's just look at the big boys first in the trenches. I mean, I'm with you, Nick. There's some statistics that show the offensive line are getting it done right now. And then you go to the film and you go to the record and and look, and they're not. I mean, they're getting pushed back, blown off the ball. There's a ton of underwhelming play from the entire unit. And that's really discomforting when you're looking at a team that is supposed to be protecting a $250 million quarterback and we can't get a push. I mean, it's fourth and one and we can't do QB sneaks. Um These sorts of things are really, really concerning. Latavius Murray, obviously going to be stepping in the lineup this week. Maybe he can help try to get a little bit of of a push with this offensive line just because he is a physical back like Melvin Gordon in that nature. But it's disheartening, man, for sure. And I see a lot of the comments right now flooding in talking about Lloyd Cushenberry. And should you bench Lloyd Cushenberry? Folks, you have to understand, Graham Glasgow is barely playing good, not even good football. I'd say average decent football at the guard position. Sliding him to center is not the option. And Luke Wattenberg, nice prospect, way too raw. <laughs> so I'd leave Kush alone as frustrating as, it, as it's been right now. You kind of got to ride with him. Let's ride, right, Broncos country, with the O-line. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, let's hopefully get some improvement here. Uh, Jayco's ad coming in saying Broncos have 70 million on the injured reserve. Most in the league, Russell needs to be all he can to protect the brand from further ridicule. Yeah, I think, I don't know if this is still the case with the 70 million with Justin Simmons coming off with his very large cap hit. Obviously, that's somewhat uh, pushed back up with Bulls and Darby going on the IR, two big contract players. But um, you do have the likes of. Simmons coming off. So that might push it down some, but yeah, the Broncos are super injured. It's too bad. And, uh, but it's part of the game too. You know, nobody's going to make excuses for them. Nobody's going to remember at the end of the day, uh, the Broncos had that day. You play the games. Nobody cried last year right. for Baltimore that they had a crazy amount of injuries. They missed the playoffs and it was a forgettable season. So hopefully the Broncos can, uh, get it going here and, uh, use this extra time they've had to really rally, figure things out and just start playing a little bit better on the offensive side of the ball. Don't have to be a juggernaut. Don't even have to be top 10. Just need to dig out of the bottom 10. Uh, so far by the through the bye week uh, shades yeah, coming in to poke, go ahead. Yeah. Just, just real quick. Everyone needs to stop being so damn nervous. It looks like everyone's a nervous wreck on the offensive side of the ball all the time. I mean, these guys have done this before. I get that they, we put some rookies out there in different positions here and there, Montreal, Washington, whatever, but guys, this is the same game that you have played in college. Okay. It, it's just, Things look so tight out there and there's no confidence. And that's the first thing that you've got to have going for you. If you're a player in the NFL, I mean, you've got so much stress. You've got so much pressure. The one thing you should have going for your confidence doesn't even seem to be there for this team right now. So it's really, really upsetting. And it begs the question that shades is asking. And, and a lot of people are, I wonder if drew lock would succeed in this offense. Drew Locke's name continues to get put out there, Nick, and say, should, should the Broncos have been better off with just going with Drew Locke? I mean, quick peek behind the scenes here. I came into a conversation. You and Scott are debating a little bit, something about the Russell Wilson trade. So Drew Locke, would he succeed in this offense? I mean, no, he would not succeed. Uh, but Russ is not succeeding right now either. So if through five games, you could say, would you rather have not done the trade just based on these results and kept the, all the draft capital, the everything like that. And just, you know, punted on this season uh, that might've actually been a better move than from the information we have right now, given how poor Russell has played. Now there's a lot of reasons for that, uh, but things are rough right now. And I would still make that trade. Um, it's not nearly enough data uh, time passage to condemn that trade, but yeah, it would it would be bad with uh, Drew Locke, no doubt. It's bad with Russ right now too, though. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. And look, can we stop with this Geno Smith hype? Everyone out there is like Geno Smith versus Russell Wilson. Okay, let's look at the stats. Let's pull up the whole stat, if you will, because Geno Smith can't touch Russell Wilson. His pelts on the wall. The things he's done, he's done. I get this is a what have you done for me lately league. So people have every right to be critical of the Broncos offense and Russell Wilson. What I do have a problem with, and maybe we'll get into a little bit later, the Kyle Brandt comments a little bit. And, uh, you know, I, a lot of opinions one way or the other with this Russell Wilson thing. But hindsight being 2020, man, it, we can't even get there. 
with that yet. It's such a small sample size. It's frustrating. It's small, but Broncos country, some people are checking out others. They refuse to like our guy, David McGrath. Uh, good evening, Nick, Luke, Scott and Broncos country. Hashtag MHH for life. Appreciate you, David, for weighing in, just like our guy, Phil McLaughlin. Thank you for all of your support, Phil. Um, good evening, Nick, Luke, and Deacon Scott. What would be a good shakeup for this offensive line? Hashtag go Broncos. Nick, I'll answer first. Billy Turner, it'd be nice to see him play. Yeah, I mean, the big one is going to be getting Quinn Miners back. Uh, I think it was Duke Manyweather who does a lot of offensive line summits and a training um, out in the NFL world and college world. Uh, he said that after the Broncos week one game that uh, that Broncos, he, he lists them by numbers, you know, very scout appropriate of him. Uh, but Quinn Miners was the team's best offensive lineman early in that game. They're getting a big push and he was looking really exceptional. Now, don't want to put the cart before the horse. Quinn Miners had some issues last year with pass protection, sometimes missing landmarks. It's a new scheme for him as well. So, you know, him coming back isn't going to all of a sudden turn this Broncos offensive line into a top five unit. But I think him getting back is a much needed uh i guess bullet to this unit because uh, it's going to yeah. give them a lot more athleticism and power and nastiness as well i mean there's just it's kind of mm -hmm. a it looks like a, it's a very passive offensive line right now which is not what this team needs with uh, russell wilson you need to have a little bit more power and efficiency with the run game there's a lot of players looking to the left and to the right of them after bad plays on the offensive line kind of is and that's that's horrible because you don't know where it broke down. Uh, sometimes you'll have the occasional guy be like, yep, that was, that one was me, but look, it's tough. This offensive line is struggling. Quinn Miners absolutely brings fight to the game fight that you can't coach. Um, yeah, he would definitely be a bright spot. Billy Turner, it'd be nice to see you. Maybe that happens this week. I don't know. They're going very slow with Billy Turner and his recovery. Um, Ton Van Tull coming in. Good evening, Broncos country. We can't even protect our 240 million quarterback. Um, Ton, I, I don't know about you, but I'm worried. Garrett Bowles, man, that, that leg injury, prayers up for Big 72. A broken leg, man. That's a that's a rough, nasty injury that we saw Garrett Bowles sustain. And speaking of the offensive line, you look at the, at the left tackle position, and Nick, you alluded to it earlier. Maybe it's not for sure Calvin Anderson over at the at the left tackle. Maybe he's staying at right, and perhaps Cam Fleming. I don't really know how many more options you've got if Billy Turner's not going to be playing. Yeah, you just hope and pray. Uh, Luke Wattenberg's not ready. You might have to dip into some uh, free agency for another tackle option, but not great. Uh, Ton Van Tool Toil coming in here saying, good evening, Broncos country. We can't even protect our $240 million quarterback. Some of that is on Russell Wilson, you know, holding on to the football, not getting rid of it. Uh, he's also not navigating the pocket very well. I mean, he's just, he's not playing great right now. It's not ready to you know, say that this was a horrible trade or contract, you know, this a lot of football that's to be played. Thank God. You know, we're, we're like <laughs> halfway through the second chapter or the third chapter. It's a 17 chapter book. We're five in. It's not been the story we thought so far, but there's, you know, still a lot to go. Luckily we got Ethan coming in saying Russ won a Super Bowl because he had top five defense of all time around him. Gino has outplayed Russell this year, period. Can't deny it. Yes. Gino has played better than Russell this season, but again, it's a five game sample size with just so much newness going on here. Gino has played well. I would bet very good money that Gino is going to have some regression coming up here pretty soon, uh, just based <laughs> on perf career performance. Uh, but happy to see Gino doing well. Not going to disparage him. Really liked him at uh, West Virginia. Or, excuse, yeah, West Virginia coming out there. And uh, hope he can continue to play well. But 
the Russell Wilson still has, you know, years of being a great quarterback as well. They're going to have to figure it out around him. A lot of season to go and time to figure it out still. Yeah, man. It, uh, look, it's, it's getting late early here in Broncos country a little bit. Everyone is still interested and in waiting to see, but that interest is fading, Nick. I'm not going to lie. I'm talking to friends of mine, season ticket holders, bumping around the Mile High City, and they're saying, yeah, right here. I was one of those guys slash gals that left it overtime, and I couldn't ask why. <laughs> I knew why. Um, even texting with my dad, he's like, look, boy, I got better things to do. Enjoy your night. I'm going to bed. And I'm like, this is a man that like I grew up watching football with, got me interested in the game. Broncos country's frustrated right now, Nick, and I think with good reason. This is a an opportunity for you, Broncos country, in the live comments. Let us know how you're feeling. Air those grievances, and let's say hello to Michaela Israel coming in here saying good evening, guys. Thank you for joining MHI. Kathy Lund, another good friend of the show. What's up, Kathy? I don't blame Russell Wilson. He's been terrific for so long. It's coaching and the supporting cast, or lack thereof. Um, certainly a combination of both. If you ask me, Kathy, uh, coaching has been a problem. And one thing I wanted to ask you about Nick, and we talked about it a little bit off air through text, but Russell Wilson's coaching private coach, uh, has a room down there. Russell Wilson, right. Has an office in, in UC Health training center. He's got his own private coach. In addition to quarterbacks, coach Clint Kubiak. And then you have offensive coordinator, Justin Outen. And then you have a guy named, oh, I don't know, head coach Nathaniel Hackett, who all seem to want to have their hands in Russell Wilson's quarterback mind. Are there too many coaches for Russell Wilson on this team? It's so hard to say uh, without being there. Obviously, too many cooks is definitely an issue. But a lot of times the player that the or the coach that the player respects the most uh, they're going to listen to. I mean, we've all been in situations where there are multiple people telling you what you should do or their opinion, and you're going to gravitate towards one over the other. Uh, so I think it's more of a question of the right coaches uh, around him than anything else, but definitely some frustration. I'm sure from uh, some of those other coaches in there with that many people in there, this is the bed you made uh, trading for Russell Wilson, the, mm -hmm. the spectacle of his whole team coming in there, having their own offices there in Dove Valley. But we'll see if that uh, continues on if it keeps playing this poorly. You know, they don't just do that for any quarterback. They do that for a quarterback with a Hall of Fame trajectory. So uh, going to have to play better and clean it up. But uh, definitely a something to monitor, at least going it, forward for the dynamics and the feelings. Yeah, in those coaches. and you're exactly right. We're not in the building, so we don't know what those dynamics are. We don't know what the pecking order is, if you will. But I just it makes me wonder, you know, Clint Kubiak, how much of a say do you really have or are you allowed or empowered to do your job because another quarterback coach is here? I mean, if I'm being honest, I know Russ is a hard worker, but look, he doesn't need a quarterback guru. He doesn't need a whisperer. He doesn't need those things. I know Tom Brady had his guy with the TB12 thing and that whole weird movement that's still happening and uh, successfully, I guess. But those questions are certainly valid when you're losing. Uh, when you're winning and you've got all the extras, it's no problem. When you're losing, people are wanting to pull it back just a little bit. Steve coming in saying, I think Russell Wilson is trying too hard to reinvent his game. If he accepts who he is, he'll play better. I completely agree with you, Steve. He looks like a nervous Nelly out there. He's got happy feet. Um, just does not seem to be enjoying playing the game that he has become so great at. Uh, lots of questions surrounding his personality is he authentic blah 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 
don't care. <laughs> this is about winning, and the Broncos aren't winning right now. So, Russ, I don't know who this version of, of Russell Wilson is, Nick, but it's not anything we're used to seeing. And it's not just talking about incompletions or interceptions or missing a wide-open K.J. Hamler. We're looking at a quarterback or Russell Wilson that seems timid, uh, that doesn't seem sure of himself. That's that's the concerning part, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's again, it's too early to completely panic, but it's not been good enough. Uh, I've combed over the, I don't know if you saw, I tweeted it the other day, the third down uh, conversion data, the red zone conversion data. Those are quarterback stats and things that you think are going to get figured out here. I do think it's going to click here at some point though, and it's going to be better than it has been. Is it going to be a top five, top 10 offense? I don't think so, uh, but it can work its way up into the top half. And if the defense can keep playing at the level they have, that should be good enough to put you right in the playoff picture. Uh, good enough to get in with how you started the season, a couple of winnable games you dropped. Maybe those are going to come back to bite you, but it's. I think it's going to click here pretty soon. Guys are getting somewhat open. Uh, the quick game really is a big issue for me right now. It's just not accurate or on time. And at the same time, the run game efficiency, you need to have one of those working to be able to move the sticks <laughs> and then set up those deep shots. Run game plus quick game struggling equals a lot of three and outs and a lot of ugly offense. Uh, Cristiano coming back in saying offense is overfueling expectations they raised on themselves, but I see better, not great play design and play calling. Russ needs to see it better. I think this uh, 11 days is going to help a lot. Luckily, uh, Sutton and Sutton does seem to, or Russ does seem to trust Sutton, which is great because Sutton is mostly stood up, but hopefully they can really start to work in Hamler and Judy as well. Cause those guys are getting open too. Uh, they missed Tim Patrick, no doubt. I think they really like those type of players, but I think, Coming up here, you're going to see Russ and Hamler get uh, much more utilized and then maybe get some more dynamicism from the tight end as well with uh, Greg Dulcich scheduled to be activated off of the injured reserve list. Bad news for tight end Albert Okuebunam if Greg Dulcich is coming in. Now, keep in mind, Broncos country, I know we all can't wait to see this UCLA Bruin running seam routes, but it's raw how many practices has he really had in the nfl probably a handful if we're being honest and um this guy is definitely raw he's got a lot of potential you will see him i don't know how soon uh but just the way that these this current coaching staff is taking their time with players and injuries suggests that maybe we'll see him a little bit later or very sparingly. I think he's going to have to earn his reps a little bit in the special teams. But Alberto, I mean, just seven receptions for 30 yards all season. That's absolutely horrible, especially for a team. And, and you said it, Russell Wilson and the underutilization of tight ends and all training camp. That's all they worked on was utilizing tight ends. If it's not Cortland Sutton, it's usually a tight end. That's a problem when you've got Jerry Judy and KJ. Hamler, um, Tyree Cleveland, nice enough receiver, but they are not getting the job done. I want to get in here to some of the comments here because folks are venting. Mr. Limited, uh, lots of <laughs> lots of cool, cute little things going out there um, with the let's ride. And, and look, those things, man, you better be ready to come with the territory because if you're not winning, you're going to get some, some mud slung your way. I wanted to get to Ben here. Benjamin Flores, thanks for joining the show with Nick, Scott, and yours truly, MHI, on Wednesday night. Russ is extremely self-centered. And he knows he built himself up in the offseason and that Seattle is watching. He's talked the talk, and the fact that he hasn't walked the walk has got to be messing with him mentally and emotionally. The clock is ticking, and he knows it. I want to see him uh, sack up and lead by example and take charge. Yeah, that's it, Ben. I mean, he's, he's losing right now. I think uh, he's probably put some unnecessary energy 
into the old Seattle Seahawks in that first Monday night game. But um, 10 days, mini bye week, right, Nick? Hopefully this this gave days. Russell 11 days. Hopefully this gave Russell Wilson a chance to look in the mirror, take a breath and get back to what he does so well. Yeah, I, I think it's going to click. Guys are getting open somewhat. Uh you just got to work on the quick game, the timing and whatnot. And hopefully the offensive line uh, continues to improve. I, they're going to miss Javante Williams. I know they made a claim on a running back that they did not get. So do expect to see Latavius Murray this week. As Was well. it Christian McCaffrey, Nick? Because CBS Sports is telling me that the Broncos is fourth or third best landing spot. No, no, no. <laughs> not happening. Yeah. <laughs> if you're getting Christian McCaffrey here, it's because whatever team he's traded to cuts him because of the contract with no dead cap. And then he decides to come here, but uh, that's right. not happening uh, through a trade this season with where the Broncos are sitting at. Unfortunately, it'd be fun, but it just doesn't make sense uh, for the Broncos. We got Jonathan Figueroa coming in here. Nine ninety nine super. Thank you so much. Nine. Says uh, since the beginning, I did this often. I did think this offense wouldn't click until at least week six. For some reason, I think they surprise everyone and take the chargers down. Go Broncos. Ooh. I think, you know, getting away from that Thursday night game with how ugly it was, uh, they have a chance to get it better this week against the Chargers. This is a wounded Chargers team against a wounded Broncos offense. But J.C. Jackson hasn't looked right all season. Uh, Bryce Callahan's been playing fine there. I think he leads that team in interceptions. But they're missing Joey Bosa. The, not as bad as against the run as they were last season, but still not dominant uh, in that regard. So this is a chance for the Broncos to get it right if Russell Wilson is somewhat healthy enough. He's really injured and still dealing with that lat uh, problem then. I mean, who knows? You might have to toss out the whole freaking first half of the season. Um, I'm not a medical doctor. I can't tell you if it's going to get worse or better or anything like that or how this uh, injection he's getting is going to impact it. But right. if the injury is not super severe, then it hopefully you're starting to see things click and uh, come together this week. Yeah, John, it's interesting you say that because I feel like a lot of folks out there have said, let's give them until. Well, like a five, six, or seven, and we'll know what this team is. Uh, it's still early, but there are all the signs for this team to be in real trouble or mm -hmm. to pick themselves up by them, their bootstraps and maybe limp into the postseason. Um, it starts really against the Chargers. You could say this is their second chance, if you will. It's an AFC West divisional opponent. You saw what happened with the Raiders just a couple nights ago and uh, Devontae Adams and that whole mess and just craziness, absolute craziness in Kansas City. It's hard to believe that we're talking about a player shoving a, a cameraman and now it's assault charges and possibly suspensions and all kinds of craziness. But AFC West divisional matchup, the Broncos can do this. They can beat the Chargers. It's not going to be easy, but it's like Nathaniel Hackett talks about over and over again. Self-inflicted wounds, the penalties, Nick, you've talked about them for weeks now, have absolutely killed the Denver Broncos, and it's not going to get any easier, but look, the Chargers are beat up too. <laughs> That's maybe the, the saving grace is maybe you can exploit some matchups, particularly in the pass rush on your end. Uh, Garth Knight, there he is, our guy, $5 super. Appreciate you so much. Gentlemen, I'm keeping the faith and appreciate you doing these streams to help us talk through the bumps and bruises early on. Absolutely, Garth. Thank you, man. That's what we're here for. We're here for talking Broncos. We're here for when you're frustrated, when you're happy. Uh, I've needed a few days myself, Nick, and I, I think sometimes we've done pregame shows. Uh, I've done a few postgames, so have you. It's hard 
to figure out what your emotions are going to be immediately after the game and then going and rewatching film and then having to sit on it and let it boil in your gut for a day or two. Sometimes I don't think I would use uh, language that would be good for broadcasting immediately after some of these games because it's so frustrating when you put so much energy into a sport and a team you love so much. Yeah, no, it definitely is frustrating. It's double frustrating when you have when your college team is equally inept in the same ways. But uh, <laughs> hey, his... your your guys coming back this week, Ojemudia, right? I mean, yeah. he's coming back this week. That there's your silver lining for your Hawkeyes. But then you lose Jewel uh, for a little bit, week to <laughs> week. Know. So you just you can't I have know. them both. You can't be at full Hawk Force, unfortunately. But uh, no, yeah. Speaking of uh, Ojemudia coming back, shifting to our topic here for this Chargers game. Broncos have had a lot of injuries and that's the NFL. Unfortunately, they are once again on the far end of the bell curve in terms of injuries so far this season, the money on it, the starters, et cetera, et cetera. But with starters going down there, there are snaps and opportunities for other guys that can step up and must step up, step up before we get to that. Another nine 99 coming in here from Jonathan saying, I agree guys, head coach isn't as bad as everyone is making them out to be. The scheme has been fine. I think the game management decisions has been poor, uh, which is not mm-hmm. totally unexpected, uh, but that has been poor. So he's on a warm seat right now. Uh, if they f- if they finish the season with like five or six wins, he could be out of a job. But I digress. A head coach isn't as bad as everyone's making him out to be. Last couple of games, he's had some really good play designs called to get Hamler and Judy open. When the team clicks, watch out. Yeah, hopefully it comes at some point this season. Uh, but um uh, not yet, and they got to really work on my, my biggest issue with this offense so far. Again, it's the third downs in the, the red zone. I mean, those are money downs, and right now the Broncos are laughably bad at both. Worst in the NFL at third down conversions of seven-plus yards, and not only that, they've had 41 third and seven-plus yards. Uh, I think the league average is 22, so they're seeing it way more often, and they're terrible with it as well. Uh, and then the red zone. I mean, they're four for 20 or something, 22 in the red zone this season not getting it done uh so those are areas where got to be better there's some guys getting open uh execution's an issue but uh in the end it's a lot of it falls on hackett yeah um chastity's coming in here agreeing saying sorry but nathaniel hackett can't coach he's failing horribly in situational football do they even practice or is it a bunch of walkthroughs i wanted to get to this chastity because this is a really really good comment um Look, NFL practices and training camps are not what they should be. Um, seen, I haven't seen any practices this year or anything like that out there, but I was out there every year at training camp, and it's not the dog days of remember the Titans football or anything like that. It is loose. Um, I'm trying to go back and think, you know, what was the most labor-intensive day? Probably scrimmage against the Dallas Cowboys, and that's just the nature of the beast. But you're seeing players drop like flies early on due to injury. You're seeing a lot of bad football. Tom Brady talked about it a couple weeks ago. And that's just kind of the nature of where we're at with the NFL right now. And then when you start to look at the NFL wanting to embrace and add more games, it makes you wonder what the product is going to look like as a whole. I don't think NFL fans have been particularly impressed this year with a lot of early football. If we're going to be honest, going back to previous years where you're seeing barn burners between the Rams and the chiefs on Thursday night football, uh, 48 to 52, things like that, you know? Um, and that's just a sign of the times. Now, Nathaniel Hackett definitely deserves his share of the blame for the game management. And right now it's making him almost look like a villain because he's not surrendering that play calling. And it makes you wonder, Oh, does he have a natural ego to him? 
the one thing that we can say definitively, and Nick, correct me if I'm wrong, they're together in that building. They are the whole let's ride. They're doing it together with Nathaniel Hackett. He may come off as a player's coach, and a lot of people may roll their eyes looking at Vance Joseph, but at least this early into the, what, six weeks into the season, Nathaniel Hackett, his players have his back regardless of what the media or what we might say. Yeah, absolutely. And if once they don't, that's when you have some issues. Uh, but uh, getting back to the topic here, players that need to step up for this team to right the ship with all the injuries that's going on. Who's got a golden opportunity? It's one that we talked about last time, and this will definitely elicit a an earned eye roll uh, from Luke on this one. But one of the first guys that come to mind for me is Melvin Gordon. Uh, no fumbles last week. Hey, hey, it's an improvement. Hey, good job, everyone. Golf clap on Melvin Gordon. No fumbles. Uh, but he was down. He was so down. He did the ball leave his hands after he was down? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, after, after he was well down. <laughs> Melvin Gordon, you did it. We need one of those certificates, right? You always see on Twitter. Um, You did it. I mean, respect, I guess. You know, I'm not going to walk back anything I've said, but you're absolutely right. This team, this team needs Melvin Gordon to continue to perform. And he's a veteran. He's a pro. And Russell Wilson, he's Bay. I mean, they've known each other since college. And that's why I think he's here. So you're absolutely right. He's your starting running back. It's interesting to see how they're going to handle it with Latavius. Yeah, it's, they need Melvin Gordon. It's a golden opportunity. We knew that before. But another thing uh, with the Broncos and Melvin Gordon is that so far this season, Russell Wilson has targeted the running back position almost more than any other team in the NFL. Uh, the league average right now for running mm-hmm. back targets uh, has been about, uh, looks like about 20 uh, so far this season. The Broncos are at 31 targets wow. to the running back position. So they're heavily using the running back and that means chances for Melvin Gordon, not just in the run game, but the pass game Broncos quick pass game. Hasn't been great. Uh, a lot of times it's because I think Russ is getting rid of the ball too early, specifically in this last uh, Colts game. But uh, regardless, uh, Melvin Gordon golden opportunity for him, a chance for him to make some money next year as well. I mean, honestly, let's call it as it is. So um, hopefully he steps up. The Broncos are going to need him. And if he can finish the year protecting the football, being a key part of the passing game too, as a, a check down option or a hot read, uh, Broncos got a chance to make some noise, but Melvin Gordon, man, this is a golden opportunity for him to earn a, what's it would be a fourth contract, uh, this upcoming off season and a chance to lead the Broncos running game. Yeah, I'm afraid his time is quickly coming and going here in Denver. Uh, Latavius Murray, we want him to immediately be the featured back in his second week here in Denver after the Broncos claimed him uh, from the Saints. But look, this cat's got 11 rushes on the season for 57 yards, averaging 5.2 yards a carry, one touchdown. I expect him to be mixed in for some basic, simple things. That's what we need to see more of, in my opinion. I would love to see a ton of Russell Wilson under the center. That keeps defenses honest. First position that a quarterback reads is the safety. Well, same thing with the safeties. When they see you out in shotgun and they start getting used to your personnel sets, they know if Alberto's on the field, it's a pass. It's not exactly rocket science figuring out how to shut down the Broncos offense right now. There's too much going all at the same time. Um, Look, Montreal, Washington, I don't necessarily need him in the game right now just because we're not utilizing some of the resources we already have out there. I'd like to see a lot more mixing around with personnel sets because I joke about the Albert O thing, but it is clear. If KJ Hamler's in the game, 
you think it's going to be a running play? Absolutely not. I mean, like, he's not going to be blocking Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick. They were the blockers. Now it's really kind of Cortland Sutton, Tyree Cleveland. He's a big bodied receiver. But Latavius Murray, for me, this is a great opportunity. You're six foot three, 230 pounds. You run mean. Uh, welcome to the AFC West. I've loved yeah. watching this man play football. I know he's a seasoned pro as well. It's not to say he's without his own problems, and sometimes his stutter step is a little long and it drives me crazy but i think it's going to be cool to see a new running back out there and maybe you need to start bringing in some outside guys to try to get some different production george payton has certainly done that in the past as gm trading before the trade deadline and getting some different guys on the defensive side of the ball so it's going to be really interesting but for me right now i want to go to jerry judy it's time to get it going i don't i don't know what the lack of chemistry or, or or what it is with him but he's averaging 47 yards a game roughly 16.9 yards a catch that sounds great but 47 yards a game i mean he's open on some of them to be sure mm -hmm. other times too cute in moving with those routes i need you to be better let's simplify things this is not a hard game we make this football game way more complex than it needs to be and i think that's exactly what's happening with the broncos right now quick slants and go routes baby let's do this Dan, this was something we talked about uh, when the Broncos first got Russell Wilson. Uh, what is it going to look like for Jerry Judy in here? The quick hitters, the you know the daggers, the deep overs, not really where Russell Wilson had wanted to live uh, in his career. Uh, obviously, things change, personnel change. You got to maximize who you have there if you're a great quarterback. But uh, so far, there is the return outside of that explosive stadium rocking play week one have not been great uh, for the Russell Wilson to Jerry Judy connection. A lot of season left to go, though, to figure it out. Uh, we got Phil McLaughlin coming in here with the comment saying, our fans have actually, and happily so, but I remember 1959 when the Broncos were born into the AFL. We went 10 years without a winning season, and then into the NFL we go and spend seven years losing. So I will complain like a lot of fans, but I also will be patient looking forward to our next Super Bowl. Go Broncos. Well, Phil, man, you are better than me. I think my frustration is amplified again by watching two products that are almost excruciatingly the same which makes it that much more frustrating because I'm getting double the frustration every weekend watching Iowa and then watching the Broncos. Uh, also, <laughs> also the expectations this season were pretty high. Uh, and so far the Broncos, I mean, you brought in Russell Wilson, you brought on a thing, Hackett, everybody liked to dump on drew lock, Teddy Bridgewater, Pat Shermer. I I'd been there. I'm not saying that I didn't. Uh, and now this offensive output through five games is on average worse than what we saw last year from the Broncos. It's rough. And, Part of that is the league trends offenses down across the entire NFL right now. Thanks in large part to the Vic Fangio style defense uh, permeating throughout the league, but still it's uh, frustrating to watch. And uh, I fans have a right to complain, but also have a, also I think need a little bit of perspective that it's going to take a little bit of time. And the book is not yet written on this season and what this is going to be. 5,000 no shows in the primetime game the other day. That was odd to me. Um, you know, season ticket holders, I get it. It's a weird, weird night, Thursday night. But look, let's be honest. A lot of people try to make that a three-day weekend, um, even if you're playing hooky on Friday the next day. But to see fans leaving the stadium, going into overtime, Nick, I've never seen that in any sport. I mean, maybe I'm just ignorant and don't watch enough sports across the, uh, the, the world. But um, that is so bizarre to see from Broncos country. I mean, they are fed up. It makes me wonder how the ownership, I mean, ownership still trying to figure things out here, get the lay of the land um, from what, what's his name? Joe Ellis, 
<laughs> you know, still on staff, still getting paid. So look, the accountability thing, George Payton, he's got to let his coach, he's empowered this coach and he's got to stay out of it and stop meddling. I see George Payton's name getting kind of drugged through the mud on Twitter a little bit and deservingly so, I suppose, because he's in charge of putting this team together, but it is so early and it could be so much worse. I would absolutely do this uh, trade with for Russell Wilson over and over again, 10 out of 10 times. No, this team would not be better off with drew lock uh, that's that's ridiculous he's he can't even get anything going in seattle um russ he's got those pelts on the wall he's gonna figure it out we just don't know when jonathan coming in being very generous tonight thank you so much mm-hmm. uh what do we think about ps2 on mike williams d line on eckler my biggest matchup is left and right tackle with their d line all right jonathan talking matchups ps2 on mike williams man that should be absolutely great it's a damn shame that keenan allen's not going to be playing because i was really looking forward to seeing that match is he not going to be playing was he ruled Uh, out already is he? I, I was under the impression that I know he was questionable, but I was kind of under the impression he wasn't going to play. Now, I could be completely wrong. Maybe that's just me and I'm over speaking. Let's see if Scott heard anything. Nope. Yeah, he's uh, just questionable um, with a hamstring injury. So, right. I'm, I'm right. Unsure. So, so let's say he plays right to Jonathan's point. Are we going to put PS2 on Mike Williams or Keenan Allen? I got to put him on Keenan Allen. Yeah, uh, I think you put him on Mike Williams. Honestly, I think Keenan, yeah. uh, Mike Williams will do more damage vertically. And uh, if you're going to play much more rolled coverage to the other side, I'd rather have the bodies uh, coming uh, coming down to tackle Keenan right. Allen, carrying Mike Williams vertically. But I think it's going to be one where they're both. Also, the fact that Keenan Allen's coming off that hamstring injury, I think it's less likely that he's going to do damage to you to the extent where Mike Williams can. So I probably use my big body lengthy corner against the big body lengthy Mike Williams. Fair enough. How about uh, Austin Eckler and this defensive line? Draymond Jones, y'all can't forget about Dre. Should have a decent day against uh, the – I'm rhyming here, right? Just like Andy yeah. Samberg on that Snoop commercial. Shouldn't have rapped. Uh, but, look, right tackle, left tackle, Broncos defensive line. Man, this this team should eat a little bit. The Jones mm-hmm. brothers should get in there and be able to get after Justin Her- – you've got to get after Justin Herbert, period. Yeah. Yeah, both teams without their left tackle, <laughs> crazy. Both teams out one of their starting edge rushers. Uh, so these are two crazy banged up teams. Defensive line, Eckler went off last week, but the Browns might have the worst run defense in football uh, through the first five weeks of the season. I think the Broncos will negate that uh, somewhat. And biggest matchup is our offensive line versus our edge, offensive tackles versus their edge rushers. That's definitely a big one. I think my biggest matchup is just Russell Wilson versus the coverage. I mean, knowing where to go with the football and time and whatnot, making the right reads. There are going to be some guys open. Uh, you got to maximize that when it comes. Uh, and that wasn't the case last week. Um, probably a lot of it has to do with that injury. Hopefully the uh, the shot that he's getting will be better. And we got Garth Knight coming in, $5, saying MHI. This is way off topic. Uh, but what are the news the NFL wanting four team divisions in Europe? How would that work with the AFC, NFC having eight divisions of four? I had heard the inf- uh, the talk of four teams in Europe. I'm not sure about the logistics of how that would exactly work. Uh, maybe they would even get rid of conferences or something and have, you know, just an overall uh, pool of playoff teams because it would be unfair probably for one conference to have to uh, play their matchups and head over there versus another conference. But uh, there's a lot of market there and there's a lot of interest in football in Europe. So definitely a possibility at some point, but I don't know any of the specifics. 
I'd be really curious to see what a Broncos game would be like across the pond. Like yeah, we're going to find out. Be there. Yeah, just to, I know, but just to be there myself, like to see how Europe truly embraces the NFL because all signs are pointing to to what Garth Knight is saying here. I mean, the NFL every year seems to get a little bit more invested in London and and branching out to this new market of fans it sounds like the fans absolutely love it over there it surprises me a little bit if i'm to be honest because i know that their football is absolutely huge in a world sport and um all sorts of different stuff and different strokes for different folks if you will but you can definitely see that the nfl wants to expand it's going to be interesting to see how things shake out uh but i mean it's kind of cool to have football on early in the morning. I mean, that I'm not going to lie is, is, is pretty cool. Sometimes it's a little taxing um, because you're like, ah, I don't know about this matchup, but the games have been good, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can think of a few games offhand that have been much better than some of the Broncos primetime games this year. And they've all been early, you know, 7:30 AM in the morning. Yeah, no, I mean, God, really early out here. It's like watching a World Cup game or something. It's <laughs> kicking off at 6.30 a.m. I thought the Iowa Hawkeyes kicking off at 9 a.m. was uh, early, you know, had the coffee going, eggs, maybe a little bit of Bailey's in there. But uh, yeah, no, nope, probably going to happen at some point. Uh, curious. To see, the real question is where are these, these teams going to be? You know, you're going to have a Berlin team, a London team, a Rome team. I mean, Europe is essentially the U.S. in terms of travel, right? It's pretty easy to get from spot to spot once you're over there, so... Will be interesting to see. Are we all going to adopt a European team too? I mean, who knows? Uh, Gosh, and then and then just think about too, like what if players get in trouble over there? Like the I'm just thinking the Devonte Adams thing. Then things are a little bit bigger. I mean, like yeah. you're you're breaking international law or or something like that, and you wonder, man, that's a long flight too across the uh, across the pond, man. I'm sure that trouble for. Um, or the opportunity for trouble could be there as well. Uh, David coming in real quick saying Jerry Judy won't dive for a ball or catch the ball if he's going to get hit. Certainly feels like that at times. Um, They'll say it that the timing is off with Russ and Jerry Judy. And again, we don't know the play, but I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt sometimes to Russell Wilson more than Jerry Judy. But it does look like like they're just on two completely different wavelengths, Nick. And I don't know what the deal is specifically Jerry Judy and Russell Wilson. Now the receiving core and and, and Russell Wilson can't figure things out right now, but those two specifically, I don't get it because we can have a lot, a live long, deep bomb to Jerry Judy and then just nothing crickets. It's so frustrating to watch. Yeah, and to Chastity's point, do we know if the Broncos have those plays scripted to start the game? I think they do have to come out with the script, but it all depends <laughs> on situation. I think it depends on situation uh, as well. Uh, so, like, if you get a, you know, third and seven, well, we have a certain play for that. So, um, I do think they come out a little bit scripted, though. And ZZZ says, Russ cooks like I like to cook, and he just made ramen noodles for dinner. I made ramen the other night, and it was pretty damn good. Um, but it was a, you know, a homemade uh, ramen dinner. So, uh, not all ramen's all right. bad. Uh, my, got- my kid just found found out about Robin ramen like I don't know the past like nine months and she's just so fascinated with it. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's I I ate so much of it, you know, in college and stuff like that. I just eh, have to stay away. Jonathan again, what's up, man? Nine ninety nine super chat. Appreciate you so much. I think Latavius Murray has a great game. I was watching some of his film from last week with the Saints. His pass protection is really good. He seems to be a bit patient on hitting the hole. What are your thoughts? I can't wait to see Latavius Murray. My only 
reservation, if you will, is that they are so committed in-house to their guys and doing things their way, you probably won't see a lot of him. I wish that were different. Mike Liss said on the Denver Airwaves last week, right before the game, he thought Latavius Murray would be starting for the Denver Broncos uh, against this game. That was a long time ago. Uh, I think Melvin Gordon is still probably going to be your starter. You will see Latavius Murray. You're going to see Mike Boone. I mean, the utilization of these running backs feels random at times, but I would love to see a ton of Latavius Murray. I just don't think we're going to. I think you will see a good bit of Murray in this game, and that's mainly because reading the tea leaves here with the information that we have with the Broncos personnel moves. Uh, There was a running back that the Seahawks ended up picking up on the waiver wire, the Cardinals, and the Broncos also put waiver wire claims on him saying that they have an interest in a running back. And also Mike Boone uh, yesterday was not practicing with the team, doing the stretches and warmups on the side of the field. So Boone is dinged up. You're trying to bring another running back. This all points to me saying Murray is going to get a chance in this game, especially if Melvin Gordon has any uh uh-ohs. So uh, I think there's a good chance to see Murray. Murray's a big back, uh, strong, good pass protection. It's just he does not move very fast uh, these days. His acceleration is not great. So uh, if you can get him to the second level, he can get some havoc. But hitting those holes, I think, are going to be a little bit of a – a question mark for him and talking about the running game. We got Cristiano coming back in saying hope for more under center and inside runs, use Murray to plow the middle of the defense, avoid negative plays, enable play action and rollouts, get the pass game going with easy reads. That'd Quick be game nice run game. Got to get yeah. one going. Both of them are not working enough right now. Uh, not, not efficiently. So got to get one going. Hopefully this is a week. The offensive line starts to come together. I'm, I'm hoping it's just kind of a snap and like everything kind of falls into place. You know, it's like trying to put together some Ikea furniture. You're like, Oh man, the pressure's there. We're, we're close. We're close. And then boom clicks. Everything's in. Oh, that's what it's supposed to look like. So uh, hopefully we're getting pretty close there with this Broncos offense as well. Yeah, and then you go to sit down in it, and it actually bottoms out. That could be Melvin Gordon against his former team. Now, one of two things is going to happen, I think, just because, you know, I'm not I'm not superstitious. I'm kind of stitious. So former team, either he goes off or he gets off, right? Like off the field. Later, you're done. No more Broncos. Um, man, I just think this staff is so stubborn and reluctant to change anything they're doing outside of hiring some dude from Baltimore out of retirement to be their advanced analytics guy. Uh, That's really been the only change we've seen so far in the season. I just think Nathaniel Hackett's too damn stubborn. And I think that he likes Melvin Gordon. Maybe that's the player's coach of him being, you know, more friendly instead of a head coach is, is ultimately going to be his downfall. But I think they, they do believe in Melvin Gordon barely, (laughs) but Latavius Murray, I absolutely want to see it. Seeing some folks come in saying Latavius is a big boy. Absolutely. I think he's what six, three, two forty, something like that. He's a, he's your old school back with some height to him. Uh, But we don't need to use him in a complex offense. I mean, inside handoffs, outside handoffs, under center. Can we stop running from shotgun, Nick? Can we talk about that? If you're a good football team that has a good variation of of the run versus the pass and play action, screen game, all those sorts of things, have at it, Haas. But good Lord, this offensive line, I mean, they can't get one yard push most of the time, and we've already lost two to three yards running out of the backfield pisses me off it drives me crazy definitely frustrating but uh, hopefully it'll get better here jonathan again oh sorry somebody got out of that before me jonathan again saying we have to avoid penalties when we start to gain momentum it kills us every time also this is the game where washington breaks one to the house washington's been close man i always just because of the nature of how much he's trying to do i am always holding my breath because i feel like somebody's just gonna come behind him and 
pop one of those balls out, but uh, <laughs> hopefully not the case there. But he definitely has a chance, man. He's been amazing uh, for the Broncos so far this season. Even just flipping the field position makes the offensive ineptitude even that much uh, more frustrating. But definitely have to avoid penalties. You just got to keep can't keep shooting yourself in the foot. Broncos have had, like I said, 41 or 44 third and sevens plus this season. They're one of the worst teams at converting those third and longs. I bet you they're probably the team with the highest made uh, rate of third and tens as well, given the stuff rate, given the sacks, given the penalties. And you just, you, then you take away the play action. You're in that pure static drop, uh, drop back game where the now you have questions that tackle it's just gotta stay ahead of the sticks i mean first and second down you gotta be better and setting yourself up even first down i mean how many times this year have the broncos been second and two where they can sit there and run a play action where it's like listen we are this is a burn down we're going for a killer uh, on this one or a deep shot and if we don't get it we're gonna be able to convert third and two no doubt about that uh just hasn't been there this year it's been a grind first and second down leading to horrible third down opportunities and bad rates of conversion. Yeah. I'm losing a little bit of patience with Montreal, Washington. If I'm going to be honest, just because I see so many just boneheaded moves right now. Uh, but you're trying to make something happen. You're trying to be the spark. That's the other side of the argument, I guess. Right. Can you blame him? He's just trying to make uh, make a play. Okay. I'll ride with that for a little bit, but do not be irresponsible about it. That's, that's going to absolutely kill you. Um, Washington breaking one of the house, man, those house calls are so rare <laughs> in the NFL and they're hard to do. It would be great, but let's just be confident competent right now uh in special teams dom wayne coming in saying what's good fellas i uh, love that picture of the broncos helmet broncos country representing in this afc west uh last matchup of week six if you will for monday night football and nick one thing that's going on right now here in denver all over twitter anywhere you look for broncos information especially milehighhuddle.com are the broncos going to get flexed if they play crappy against the Chargers or I mean, like people are checking out of the Denver Broncos on primetime. They've been the laughing stock. Obviously, the Chargers are no joke. They're not the Colts or anything like that. Um, but why should NFL fans, why should the casual NFL fan or Broncos fan reengage and tune into this game on Monday night? because it sure as hell beats a day without football. A bad football game is much better. And maybe you tune into uh, one of my favorite Twitter accounts. Just embrace the sickos, you know, a sicko football game. <laughs> you know, I think Al Michaels talked about it on Thursday night uh, where he's like, you ever watched a football game that is, or excuse me, maybe it was Kirk Herbstreit that was mentioning. You ever watch a football no, game that was right. so bad that it's good. Um, so maybe just embrace the chaos and the entropy uh, that is that. And again, it beats, you know, once we get to, March and it's still kind of, you know, the soggy winter time and it's, you know, gross and it's getting a little bit lighter out, but it's not nothing to do outside. You're going to miss those ugly football games, you know, damn well, like on those Tuesday nights, I'm tuning into like Maction, Mac football, just to get that football. <laughs> in my I, don't care if it's good or not. I don't care if I know the players, dude. Well, so, well uh, and I'm, I'm hurting right now, dude. Cause you're talking about you and your Hawkeyes, man, the state of Colorado, we are hurting in football, professional and college CSU, CU air force is no good. When Wyoming is, is the, uh, the golden child right now here in the Rocky Mountain Mile High region. But you're right. It's a football game, and I'll, I'll do you one better. Um, Barney Fubble coming in with a $20 super. Thank you so much, Barney. Really appreciate that. Looks like you're enjoying the outdoors there. Um, that really means a lot to us, Barney. It helps us keep the lights on here at MHI and MHH. So thank you very much, sir. Um, one thing I wanted to get to real quick, Nick. I mean, like, it, it just it feels like things are bad right now because they are. 
but would you rather be stuck where we were last year? No. Like if, if we were to say, look, you're going to make a deal for Russell Wilson. You're going to give all your draft capital away and you're going to lose probably the first seven out of your next 11 games. Are you good with that for a rebuild? And I would say, hell yeah, I'm good with it. This may not be the year immediate expectations. People don't have patience like me. I'm very impatient. I want immediate success, but these things are not built overnight. Matthew Stafford and the Rams. That was, I feel like an anomaly. And obviously the Broncos trying to recreate that, but it, these things take time. And I hate to say that. I hate to say it because Broncos country is tired of hearing it. And I'm perpetuating the, the, the truth that is it ain't here yet. Yeah. And thank you so much, Barney Fubble. Uh, we had you come on, I think, last night, too. This is kind of a new name in here, but uh, we appreciate oh, you on. so much coming in here um, and uh, supporting the show, keeping the lights on. Uh, as we wrap up here, some other players that got to step up. Uh, one for me, this is unfortunate, but this is a reality. Again, the offense has been lackluster so far. The defense has been good, uh, but I'd like to see the defense start to capitalize a little bit more with their turnovers. A lot of forced fumbles, not a lot of fumble recoveries. The interceptions, though, have been ho-hum now part of that is because the broncos are playing with the lead other teams aren't really thinking they have to stress uh to do no that one, but no uh, one throws at ps2 <laughs> no one throws patrick Stratan. but the one for me in this one justin simmons justin simmons got to show up uh russell wilson is the leader of that team but maybe he doesn't have to be the only uh true leader of that team maybe you know justin simmons is a guy who's been there listen we've been through these things before we're not gonna let this happen again new expectations we need to start taking the damn ball away um so i'm hoping that uh Really hoping that Justin Simmons can step up coming off this injury and play great football. We'll see what the safety room looks like going forward with him coming back. But uh, I want Simmons to step up from the step back up to that all pro level we saw two years ago. Yeah. How about I'll look at his uh, his running mate, his bay, Kareem Jackson. Let's yeah. go, dude. Let's play assignment sound football. Your safety brethren need you right now. Caden Stearns has been out there playing very, very well at a high level. Justin Simmons is trying to scrape some of that rust off for the first time in his career coming off of an injury and getting back into the game. He's been an absolute Iron Man. You're the one constant in there, and your team needs you to be responsible. We know you can hit. We know you can get fined. We know you can blow up plays. I don't need that. I just need fundamental supplemental tackling and play recognition from Kareem Jackson, something that he can do again, pressing something Nathaniel Hackett talked about yesterday, this team pressing. You can also be pressing on defense, especially if you're a thumper like K Jack Cody W coming in with a $2 super. Thank you for your generous donation, Cody. Good time to be a KSU fan or a KSU and a KS fan. Uh, yeah. Kansas man, Kansas rocking it. Rock chalk Jayhawk. I can't believe I'm saying that for their football program. Yeah, man, they've been fun. I saw their quarterback maybe injured, um, but that would be a bummer. Oh, really? That, yeah. that would be a bummer because they've been kind of a, a Cinderella story a little bit for the first bit. Yeah. Also, I kind of feel a little bit bad for Kansas because somebody is going to throw a lot of money at their head coach, and he'll probably be gone at this uh, at the end of this season. But uh, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, we also got Jonathan coming back in, man. This is like the 20th time to Jonathan today. John, Jonathan, we're going to get you an MHI hat. Get me on, on Twitter, um, at Luke Patterson LP. I've got your name and information wrote, written down, but please get at me, man. We're going to get you an MHI lid so you can rep our show a little bit. Yeah, coming in saying thoughts on Billy Turner. Are we confident he comes in and is better than Fleming, who has been horrible in pass pro. Also, center is an issue, no push. I actually think Fleming has been definitely poor in pass protection, but not horrific. Uh, he's impressed me given how low my expectations were coming in. And once Quinn Miners went down, I think probably our best run blocker out there. 
Uh, Billy Turner, I think you're going to see Turner at right tackle with Fleming either at left tackle or maybe one of the guard positions. Uh, we'll see. But Turner, time for him to step up. Hopefully he does. We also got, man, you guys are killing us with the super chats here at the end in a good way. <laughs> we appreciate it. Saying uh, Garth Knight, Nick, Nick is right. I'm watching Commanders versus Bears tomorrow versus anything playoff baseball. I'm really trying hard to get into this Mariners pitch. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, but the uh, the Seahawks fans kind of soiled the Mariners for me. And also my Cardinals absolutely crapping the bed in the playoffs uh, hurt my feelings as well. So baseball pretty much done for me. And we got KB82 coming in with another 499 Super saying, how big is Simmons coming back? Will Simmons and Stearns go, will it be Simmons and Stearns going forward? Ooh. I'm curious to see what they do uh, because Stearns was playing so well. I think it would be, unless something horrible happens, it'd be shocking if it wasn't Simmons and Stearns next season. Uh, but with how Stearns has taken the ball away, Simmons playing, you might see that uh, that shift happen here at some point, or you just might see more three safety sets. That's going to require the defense to stop the run with lighter package personnel up front. But uh, definitely it's a good, we're talking about good problems here on the back ends, which is great because it's we're talking about bad problems almost everywhere else. Yeah, what's up, KB? Appreciate you, man. Hope you're doing well. One of our own in here. Uh, Simmons coming back is absolutely huge. I don't think it's going to be Simmons and Stearns going forward just because Kareem Jackson is such a leader and loud voice and personality in that locker room. I'm afraid that if you bench him, you start to lose some of your foundation. The cracks start to be there and reveal themselves. I mean, he's still doing KJAC TV and all kinds of stuff. You're not just going to bench a player like that, especially if you're a first-year defensive coordinator like Ijiro Evero. He's depending on these veterans and Kareem Jackson has got to be one of them for me. He drives me crazy with some of the freelancing that you see year in and year out, but he's a very solid player and I would absolutely love to have him on my football team, especially at the salary he's at kind of a one-year lease, if you will, again, uh, but Simmons and Stearns next year, you could see that 30, 31 connection for sure. And KB, I know you're a big MMA fan, just like me. It's almost like benching, you know, that, that black belt or that purple belt in the dojo for a brown belt who's just coming in there and is going to run the class for the day. There's no way, even though that brown belt has had some success in Caden Stearns, you can't do it. Otherwise you lose the whole dojo, the whole gym, all that crazy stuff. And we are just about here at one hour. We had some late supers coming in there. Let's answer this question real quick. Uh, status of Quinn Miners and Josie Jewell. We think that Quinn Miners is going to go. Josie Jewell, we think he's probably going to be out, and I do want to correct myself. It did look like Keenan Allen practiced today on a limited basis. So it does look like all signs point to Keenan Allen playing on Monday night against the Broncos, especially with that rest period. Yeah. Still plenty of time for him to get right, but I, I think he's not going to be 100%, so I'd probably still put Sertan over there unless Keenan Allen is dicing you up. You'll have to shift your coverages, but we'll be interesting to see how the Broncos change here or if they change at all. Uh, it's been a team, a defense that has been playing a lot of cover one and sending five on obvious third down pass situations. Now that Darby's out, do you trust the other cornerback to hang up in uh, man coverage on the boundary. I don't know. We're going to find out. Uh, we'll be interesting to see how they pivot as the season progresses with all these injuries that are happening and how they evolve. Uh, but guys, if we're at an hour and three minutes, we got to get on out of here. So unless there's any buzzer beater super chats coming Boom. in, like Kenneth Booker saying, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll leave this one for you because I think it's maybe <laughs> a um, MMA uh, thing. 
Yeah, um, man, I'd go with Islam and, and Sugar right now for sure, dude. It's it's tough. Uh, man, yeah, I love I love fighting, boxing, MMA, all that kind of stuff. It's changed over the years for sure. It's a little more theatrical with like the WWE stuff, if you will. And speaking of that, my guy Nate Diaz, there's contract talks with him in the WWE. I'd absolutely hate it, especially being a, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. I absolutely love watching that stuff. But KB, appreciate you so much, man. Again, thank you for your service. I know so many veterans watching, tune into the show, and we appreciate all of you guys so much. Scott on the ones and twos, you can reach out to Scott at Scout Kennedy directly on Twitter. Nick's at Nick Kendall MHH. Yours truly at Luke Patterson LP. Be sure to head on over to the mothership at milehighhuddle.com. Get at us on Twitter for the official pod at MHI underscore pod. Um, you're going to see my guys in the morning at BFB slash underscore pod. That's going to be Scott and Nick taking you for Broncos for breakfast. Again, the official Twitter handle at milehighhuddle. And be sure to leave us a review wherever you guys get your pods. If you want to get yourself a hat, just like we're going to be sending our guy Jonathan an MHI hat or any sort of swag, head on over to the huddleuppod.com store and get your swag on. And Nick, here we go. Quick prediction for me, because I know you're not going to see me the rest of the week. I've got the Broncos winning this in an upset, mm -hmm. 20 to 17. I think Brandon McManus becomes a little bit more of a hero. He's been a little bit of a villain lately, trying to figure out that special team stuff and the Twitter stuff and long snapper. Uh, but I got the Broncos stealing one in L.A. Well, that would be great. I'll save mine for uh, later in the week, I guess tomorrow or actually Monday morning because uh, it's a Monday night show. But uh, yeah, guys, we're going to get on out of here. Make sure you're following Luke and I, like we said, uh, and uh a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much for coming in and joining us today. We appreciate it. Make sure you're choosing kindness and compassion. As always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.